0: Welcome to the Living Faith Fellowship Conference podcast. The Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of like-minded churches united under a single biblical authority and one common mission. You're about to hear a message from one of the many conferences hosted by the Living Faith Fellowship every year. We pray it's a blessing. Before I begin today, um, I want to say thank you to Brandon for leading us the last two days in regards to Discovery Bible Method, and uh, guys, thanks for being patient with your hands up. We do have someone. Okay, and then we have people running, runners. We're making more copies. We're making more copies. So you could keep your hands up, but they will get very tired. <laughs> so you might wanna might wanna hold on. Um, so are we out of handouts? Yeah, we're- okay, so uh, people will start running back in you can put your hands down Um, I see that hand Uh, we'll get into it but yeah we're getting printed Um, I want to thank Brandon though uh, for leading us in the discovery Bible method conversation again this is a methodology that uh, has been used and used in a uh, successful manner mind you Uh, I also want to say thank you to everyone who Uh, was helping yesterday with the the tutorial the you know the the mock-up if you will Uh, that can be difficult you know because we're we're kind of it's a little bit of make-believe you know because you know you're you're sitting together and, and you're sitting with other people from other churches but hopefully what was seen from that is a process and hopefully what we could have done is walk through uh, the four to five steps that Brandon gave us in regards to praying together reading the passage together unlocking the theme of the the text together dissecting the actual passage and then making personal application I was talking to uh, one of our guys at Living Faith last night I think it was and uh, one of the things that you uh, can struggle with over time is that application part because every week you meet or every other week you meet if you're constantly looking for new application uh, sometimes that can be difficult right Uh, and I, I think what we're trying to do at times is we're trying to make life-changing application every two weeks and that doesn't work right We're, we're not trying to like change your life every two weeks what we're trying to do is is see how you can choose to be obedient to the Word of God again I'm going to choose to obey today and so if you can have that heart and please, uh, you know, be gracious for me. I'm, I'm, I'm. You can tell I'm not myself with my voice. But if, if you can consider that last part, because I'm telling you, that will be the part that will want to diminish over time. Is that personal application? And what replaces personal application is always academia. Application is always replaced with an academic model. To where it just becomes head knowledge and so whenever you're with your group whether facilitator or a part of it listen all we want to do is look for ways that we can obey God's Word this is what the Bible said and I want to do it and and but so often we want to make it really kind of like this big thing and it's really not about making it sexy or or huge or big it's just what did this text say I'm gonna to try to do what this text says this verse said this God help me to to live this out and so uh, that's you know a little bit of a, a recap maybe for for DBM um, you know we don't have a ton of time for questions but is there anything based upon uh, Thursday or Friday um, where you're thinking man I did have one question and and I don't even have a guy to run around just yell it out I'll repeat it yeah yeah so what do you do if if you've gone through the whole creation to Christ study or maybe you've gone through mark you've gone through a Bible study one-on-one or with a group and everyone's like man this is great and you're like and and they're like it's cool like anything else nope but I enjoy you right I think there's a great opportunity to continue I would think there'd be a great opportunity to, especially if you've gone through Creation to Christ. Obviously, we're asking questions. We're wanting to lead them. We're wanting to guide them to to make a decision. But at the same time, uh, one of the things about Creation to Christ, one of the things about DBM is is it, it, it's not really trying to gear for that like confrontational dot dot dot. It's like I'm wanting to navigate a friendship with a person. I'm actually not trying to be transactional with with the lost to where well if you're out I'm out. Right. Or if you're not going to get saved, I got I don't have time for this. I'm going to you know, wipe my, you know, the dust off my feet. Now, I want to keep engaging this person. And so if the person is willing to continue studying the Bible with me, I want to continue. And so that's where you would speak with your pastor. Uh, or if this is just something that you're doing independent, pray to ask the Lord to give you wisdom on on how to how to continue going and saying like, hey, would you this was this was a good time. Was this a good time? And they're like, yeah, actually, I really enjoyed this. Uh, and you're catching adrift that like but I'm not going to your church and or and, and mainly I'm I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not a Christian uh, you know I, I I appreciate you but not not yet would would you want to keep doing this and if they're like actually yeah I would say let's just keep keep the ball rolling and and I'll tell you there's 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 safety in a multitude of counselors and uh, there's something that happens when two or three of the body of Christ come together and so if you have for a season been doing one-on-one maybe try to introduce them to to meet a friend as well because there's something that that's cool that happens when uh the word of god is established by two or three witnesses and now it's not just you declaring truth it's like wait a second your friend says the same exact thing as you do you guys like meet and talk about this no no it's it's the word of god and so anyway i I hope that helps Uh, maybe not um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes uh, we see in our Bible study like everyone has like a different amount of preparation for the passage. So it's like some some people have like
1: this amount of preparation, and some people have like this. So when a, when our leader
0: asks a question, like it happens like some like a couple of people dominate all the Bible study. And also like when you have like a lost person, like they they, they in the beginning they speak something, but they cannot realize what they said that is wrong, and they of like, shrink. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. So I'm wondering, like, how do you, like, encourage all the old, like, old people, like, negative service laws, or like, they have no,
1: like, preparation, or whatever it is, like, how to encourage all people to, Participate in
0: into this question. Mike. This is a really good question by, by the way uh, You have some people who, who study a ton for the text some people are studying But maybe not as much and and then when it comes time to have our our discovery Bible method The people who have really studied what what do they end up doing? They're excited They participate and and and, and they, they maybe in some ways we can say even they dominate the conversation not in a harsh way But they're just excited to share And then some people who maybe are new to the word of God, they maybe the first time they come and like, oh, I don't know. This makes me think of this. And all of a sudden they realize they're like, (laughs) no, you know, and they drift back. It's a really good question. I believe the facilitator has a a large role in Bible study in in controlling the atmosphere and in situations where someone's really zealous and they want to keep talking. This is a situation where maybe the facilitator, maybe not even during the Bible study, although that's an opportunity uh, to where they can say, man, bro, you are killing it. This is awesome. Let's 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 see what some other people are saying, too, though, right? Let's see what let's see what some some other people have to say about this passage as well. So you could say it within or even afterwards, especially if it's someone that's that's with your church, that's that's a part of the, the team. Say, hey, wow you are locked in and so you're affirming them but man we want to make sure that the people who are here that are are just learning the Bible don't even know Christ that they have opportunities to speak as well that person's gonna get it they're gonna get it if if you if you're affirming them but at the same time instructing them remember what the purpose is right yeah and, and it's clear that you've done it I need your support I need you to help me help me be a facilitator right like i'm the I'm, I'm acting as the facilitator but you also help instead of making things a statement help me out with a question you know the answer but help me out with it you know and so whether in the bible study or outside the bible study i think there's opportunity for uh, instruction affirmation things like that for the person who maybe they feel like i didn't give the right answer I, I believe the facilitator and the whole team has a, has a great opportunity to say, dude, this is brand new for you. I'm so proud of you for 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 throwing yourself out there. I get it, man. Um, I'm so thankful that you're here. And so you're letting them know, like, this is a place for you to be. And, and we're all learning here. And so then it's a humble place. You're leading with humility. And you're actually even telling them it's OK to make mistakes. And so that's, that's important, I think, for all of us, that it's important for us to make mistakes. And so anything else before we get started? I just want to give some room. This is our last session, and, man, mission focus only happens once a year, so I don't want to just jump into it. Yeah, okay, yeah. What do you think about doing Creation to Christ Bible study in, in an environment like jail where they come in and go out? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that's a great question. I think you, you absolutely could because every passage of creation to Christ in some way is pointing to Christ. And so for the faithful who show up on a weekly basis or whatever it would be uh, creation to Christ could absolutely work. Uh, it is intended to be a long form Bible study where I'm meeting with someone and we're, and we're slowly gonna unpack so that they can have a, a right context to see that Christ is the Messiah he is the anointed one. Uh, he's our savior. Um, but at the same time, if you're aware of it and you can see that there's some who are consistent, some who are not, there is opportunity even in creation to Christ uh, with, with the passages that are, that are provided. Uh, hopefully, I don't know, did you guys, were they able to get also the the document with the passages or just the handout it's online it's online okay so it is on lffellowship.com yeah that might be a good idea we'll have some available afterwards with the if we want to call it curriculum it's a set of passages uh, you can do there's been 47 passages for creation of christ 26 10 15 it, What you'll find is that really creation of christ and i'm going to get into this is is a bible study where there are different texts throughout scripture that are slowly unpacking the bible so that you can recognize christ as king as the savior i believe you can do that uh, on a one-off not its intended purpose but every passage in some way is going to give a sliver that's pointing to christ As the answer so hopefully it helps Um, man I I got a memory like like a rat right now so I don't know if I've prayed I want to pray again if I did but let's pray uh, and let's get into it okay Uh, father we ask that you'd use today uh, man please give us wisdom to hear you I pray that I'm not a distraction I pray that everything that is said is honoring to you and I pray that as we talk about your word And as we talk about just a methodology, that people would be challenged, edified, uh, encouraged to walk it out, that it wouldn't just be something that we learn, but it'd be something that we really want to try to implement in our lives. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So I'm going to try to walk through this, and I want to give about five to seven minutes to Chris, um, I think maybe towards the end. I just want to have you give a testimony once at the very end when we finish. Yeah, you're right. could you just maybe- thanks so much. Um, Chris has done the Creation of Christ Bible study at, at Living Faith. I know, is Hunter here, or is he in one of the other uh, groups? I mean, a lot of our people have at Living Faith, but we have a, a few guys that have been really good at it, and so I wanted to give them an opportunity, but, but Chris, at the end, okay? You guys ready then? You guys got the handouts? or the handout, okay. Uh, some of the other handouts that, that I, I had sent uh, to the, uh, I think it was AV group, maybe it was the wrong guys. I apologize if that was the wrong group to send it to. Uh, it is a list of, of uh, texts that you can use for Creation of Christ. And there are some other things that, that I, I made available and I think you were saying that that's online, right? Okay, great. Proverbs 25, 11 proverbs 25 11 says a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver which means quite evidently that there are also words that may not fit right when you read that verse a word fitly spoken what's it like it's like apples of gold on pitchers of silver well, if that is true, it also means it means that there's there's words that don't fit sometimes words when when you speak them, they're not fitting appropriately and there will be no profit to them and they will appear out of place. Proverbs 25, 25. As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. And so it proves to reason that cold waters in a blizzard are not as satisfying, right? It's not as satisfying when when the situation is not is not fitting for the moment. Isaiah fifty four. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to them that is weary. This verse makes me think of Job's friends. Those guys were, they were spitting knowledge all over the place. And yet none of their statements had any direct benefit to Job's situation. So often Christians, they have great amounts of insight into the word of God. And we've, we've gone through LFBI and graduated and, and uh, you know it's been a, I pray a good thing and 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 it's good for us and we we learn a lot of the Word of God and we have these great insights and we go to good Bible believing churches but sometimes what we learn of the scriptures has little to do or has lasting effect on the weary soul so we spend all of our time studying the scriptures and yet we're not considering how that word can be used for the soul that's weary and lost and hurting ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 10 says the preacher sought to find out acceptable words and that which was written upright even words of truth that that he was looking for acceptable words for that proper season for that proper moment I'm sorry guys I don't have the the ability to project my voice like I I would normally and so I I hope I don't sound like I'm just in this monotone voice carrying through I think too often though we as believers are focusing on the wrong things We crave knowledge instead of virtue. We long to be wise when God simply desires our obedience. John 1, 22. They then said they unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? Guys, I believe the world wants to know that question of you as well. Who are you? Who are you? Who sent you? First Peter 315, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Brothers and sisters, I believe the lost world is still asking questions. I believe they are asking questions. But when they ask of the hope that lies within you, we respond by answering a question that they're not asking. There's too many times that when the world is asking questions, we respond with an answer that had nothing to do with their question. People want to know why you're a Christian, not who Melchizedek is. And I'm not saying it's not good to have information for that. And I get the the ramifications of understanding who he is from the book of Genesis to the book of Hebrews, how Christ relates to him, how Abraham relates to him. Heck, even how Moses relates to Melchizedek and Aaron and the priesthood. I get it. Those things are important. But the lost aren't aren't treading down those paths yet. They need to, they need to know why you became a Christian. Does it work? Why does it even matter? People want to know why Jesus, not whether or not Adam and Eve ate an apple or a grape. And believe me, that stuff is fascinating. And I mean it sincerely, it is the word of God is an endless well but it's not leading people to an answer. You see, the issue is not that the lost world has a lack of interest in the spiritual. The lost world is more spiritually minded now than they have been since before the age of the Enlightenment. The issue, or one of the issues, is that we are not listening, and secondly, because we are lazy. Yes, and and here's the thing. we, We go to some good churches, and I mean that. And many of you in this, this room are, are sharing your faith, you're witnessing. We are giving the gospel, but we're doing so in a way that does not reveal to lost man why he actually is lost. We say, you need to get saved. And he says, I'm not lost. You, you need to be found. And, and he's saying, like, I'm good. I'm glad, I'm glad that thing that you have was good for you, but but I'm I'm good. And you know the truth that he's not good, but he doesn't know that. And you're going, well, what do we do? We lead him. We lead her to that place where they recognize where they are. And so there needs to be a leading of of these questions. We say these these Christian words, you know, be born again, or you need to be saved. and, And they're like, I don't need to be rescued. Have anyone, has anyone heard that when you've, when you've shared your faith? Yeah. Man, you need to be saved. I don't even, no one needs to rescue me. And, and, and sometimes they mean that sincerely. They're not trying to be cocky. Like, hey, listen, I've done well for myself. I don't need no help. I don't need a handout, right? And as Americans, you're in the spit zone, brother. And I'm probably sick too, so now you're sick. As Americans, we're taught to be like that. We're taught, man, I don't need no handout. Isn't that like a badge of honor as an American? And so we take on this Woodrow Wilson mentality, rugged individualism, and we take it, man. We're we're running with it. You need to be saved. You're lost. And so we use these words and people say, I don't need to be rescued. And then we say, well, after after we give this very blatant demonstration of the gospel. And they say, man, I'm I'm good. This is how we respond. We say, well, I guess he just didn't want it. Right. And we just throw people out. I guess they just didn't want it. Listen, he doesn't even know what he doesn't have. Our gospel witness becomes inept, not because of knowledge but because we are not considering the questions people are asking. And secondly, we are not showing the world a contextualized gospel. As we know in Bible study, context is key, right? I loved how Brandon said it uh, yesterday. Someone had a question or maybe it was two days ago. How do you walk through making sure people understand the the Bible principles that we all know and love? He's like, it's not that you just set aside 15 minutes to talk about the rule of first mention. You just in conversation, you just you just you just let it kind of flow into the study and you just walk it in and and all those things. And and so we know in Bible study that context is key. If we keep giving a thirsty soul a powdered donut, right? (laughs) Don't be surprised when they seem disinterested. And it's not that the the, the powdered donut is not appealing, it's just that it's not answering the right question. So then how does the gospel become cold waters to a thirsty soul? The answer in one word is context. I believe it is our responsibility to provide a contextually sound gospel to the lost world. Not just giving the gospel, but declaring the why of the gospel. So then today I'd like to introduce an evangelical and equipping study called creation to Christ creation to christ was first developed a few years back in association with shocker discovery bible method did you guys know that that the two are kind of hand in glove Uh, briscoe's been talking about it in a way of, of just bible study and rightly so but actually creation to christ and dbm or discovery bible method have always meant to be hand in glove together Creation to Christ was intended to engage people groups that were either unreached unengaged or post Christian in nature. It was a missions movement. How do we engage people with the word of God who maybe have never heard the word of God or maybe never even heard of the name of Christ Isn't that a good question. That's a good question, because here I am missionary to XYZ country. Let me tell you about Jesus. Who is that? Is That your brother? Is that your is that your friend? Is that a girl? Is that a guy? I, I don't like, Is it your dog? Like, I don't know. What, what is this like? And I'm, I'm being funny, but but we have to start thinking that way that that people may not know who Jesus is. And yes, in, in Bible Belt America, Middle middle of america we, we 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 know of of the name of christ and and by all means i believe that that america is still a, a christian uh, i hate to say it like this but but we understand judeo christian uh morals and values and things like that um i don't believe that america is post-christian yet some people use that 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 verbiage um we're we're, we're quickly getting there Um, like like Europe and things like that. But that was the reason for the development of this creation of Christ study. In some instances, the creation of Christ story was told in picture format. uh, In places where there was a lack of literacy, Uh, missionaries would show up to villages and, and locations and they would show pictures, very symbolic pictures very iconographic pictures and they would explain with a visual the creation to christ story the bible study is simple in nature and i mean this sincerely it is essentially a series of passages from the book of genesis to the gospels and the primary goal is this and this is number one to deliver the complete story of the gospel to the lost. The primary motivation of creation of Christ is to declare and deliver the complete story of the gospel to the lost. In that it seeks to provide a contextual framework for the gospel. You go, what, what, what does that mean? What is a contextual framework for the gospel? It's answering two questions. Thank you. It's answering two questions. What is the gospel? And why is the gospel? And so, and Brandon, you don't have to feel it. Like you have to do that. We can have these up here. Yeah, there's more coming. And so number one, delivering the complete story of the gospel to the lost in that it seeks to provide a contextual framework for the gospel by answering two questions. And I hope you guys get this down. It's on the PowerPoint. What is the gospel and more importantly, why the gospel so that people are being brought closer to truly understanding the gospel? All people lost and saved for those who claim to be followers of Christ, the creation to Christ series and study equips us. So maybe you're like, well, I'm already saved. It may still be valuable for you to go through this with some other believers because it's going to help you as you then launch out one on one or in your own small group. It's going to help a saved individual to be equipped to more fully understand God's redemption for man. But for others, maybe you grew up religious, maybe, maybe you didn't. Possibly they've gone to church their whole life, but have never made a personal decision to accept Christ as their personal savior. For this individual, my prayer is that they will come to know him as their redeemer so for the saved person you're you're learning of of your redemption on a deeper level but for the lost individual the goal is so that they can learn of their redeemer and so here is one of the main points of the creation to christ study that at some point this is the goal at some point all people will be confronted with the fact That we are sinners separated from God this is one of the main things like what does that have to do with what you just said it has to do with redemption and being redeemed and if you need to be redeemed what does that mean it means that 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 in some way you're in a deficit and you need someone to redeem you and you can't do it on your own that you're a sinner, that you're separated from God. Isaiah 59, one and two. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear sin brings separation this is important what is this answer remember what I said earlier you need to be saved what's the response I don't need to be rescued what did what did we just now accomplish hopefully by studying the scriptures together they can then see for themselves oh wait a second wait a second you're saying because i'm a sinner and if if most people are being honest they can acknowledge that that they've done wrong that they've sinned okay if they acknowledge their sin and now they recognize that their sin does what what does their sin do it separates them from god and i need to be unified to my maker i need to be reconciled to my maker my creator god see what we're doing in a slow manner, as we're answering those questions, we're filling in the gaps, so that it's not. Although confrontational gospel uh, w- witnessing is great, uh, we, we we should do it. But if we're wanting a long form and we're wanting to to do a Bible study format of evangelism, creation to Christ allows to answer these questions that can that can become rebuttals at times. Right? I I, I don't need. I don't need a savior I'm okay well physically maybe you have the job you have the family you have the health you have all the things that you need and so you don't need to be rescued but now we're starting to introduce a spiritual conversation that you are spiritually lost that you are, that you have sinned and that your sins have separated you spiritually from a thrice holy God. Too often Christians speak of being saved or born again, but we fail to communicate what that even means. Well, you know, I I accepted Christ as my savior. And that's, that's true and it's a great statement, but what does it mean? How do we communicate these things so that the lost can understand and can walk with you? And I'm not trying to shame anyone. This is not trying to embarrass people or like, you've been doing it wrong the whole time. That's not what I'm saying. Guys, listen, I, I talk this way too, okay? But what I'm saying is if we're trying to bring the lost with us, and if we're trying to walk with the lost, and we're trying to bring them to a place where they know Christ, and I want them to know when I say words, when I have phrases, when there's things that have been so present in my life, I, I just want them to be able to walk with me. Have you guys ever walked with someone and then before you realize it, you're like 10 steps ahead of them? You know, I'm the worst at that, like on vacations, you know, it's like, you know, go and, and then my wife and, and family are like, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then it's, and then it's like, like I'm some speed walker, I don't you know. And then i I leave my family behind or i don't know if you've ever done that you know you're walking and and then all of a sudden you're like i'm the worst friend like i'm like you're five feet behind me you know catch up right that's how we are with the lost catch up you know you can't understand all the all the weird words i say i guess you just didn't want it you know it's like so what, what, what does it mean? One of the primary motivations of this series is not only to lead people, all of us closer to Christ, but to show first and foremost that we are all lost without him. Like, like before we're like, and so do you wanna get saved? Right, do you wanna get saved? Before we get people to that, we have to make sure that they understand that they're lost that their sin separates them from God, that they are lost without God. You got to get people lost. We have to get them to that place. Key point number one. To be saved, we must first realize we're lost. To be saved, we must first realize we're lost. Romans 3 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6 23 for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is point number two. I have have points and we have key points. I like to make it complicated. Point number two, without sin. There is no need of a savior. So we have to talk about sin. We have to talk about sin without man's falling away. Without our falling away, there is no need for God's work of redemption. Do you guys hear me saying that word again and reconciliation? So there's some key words that you want to start thinking about with creation of Christ, redemption, reconciliation, sin, separation, lost, right? And and these are all biblical words, but you you want to be remembering these statements in this Bible study. So when you ask someone if they want to give their life to Christ and be saved, most people, listen, they have no way to grasp the severity of a question like that. For the lost, they didn't grow up reading the Bible. And we can't assume they know the stories, right, the quote, stories. In fact what creation to christ presupposes is that they don't know the stories that's what i want to assume i don't want to assume well you know listen pastors pastors fail in that too often you guys know the story man maybe you don't and then that's assuming that everyone who's in this room is saved or that everyone in the room knows the bible you guys know the story, Genesis chapter 6, and da da da, and it's like, what creation to Christ presupposes is that you don't. Let's unpack this together. That's why Discovery Bible Method is such a good hand in glove with creation to Christ. So let's cut to the chase. Creation to Christ doesn't begin with the cross, it doesn't begin with John 3 16. It doesn't begin with Roman's road, although incredibly powerful, that comes a little later. It doesn't begin with the fact that Christ died for you. It begins with the fact that there is one true God. That's where it starts. Let's establish the fact, because I'll tell you, when you're dealing with the lost world, what are they going to want to question? Is there even a God? And this is where you got to jump through that hurdle. And maybe they don't want to continue in the Bible study with you, and that's just about you obeying God. We just have to walk through those doors. But what we are going to presuppose, because the Word of God says it, and this is a Bible study. In fact, in Genesis one, it's only four four, four words in. In the beginning, God. Not a question. Not a doubt not not a thought it's an announcement and so we start there in the creation of christ study doesn't begin with jesus died for you man uh, maybe because america still has these christian thoughts going around and permeating maybe grandma or or dad or mom or uncle taught their, their their kid or whatever or you went to a easter service right but for the most part that's not helpful And so what we do is we start with the fact that there is a a true god you see before we want to assume that they want to honor god you're wanting to reveal to them that he actually just exists we're just wanting to get to the place where they know he exists there is a god and you are accountable to him secondly So the question is, do they even believe in God? Secondly, the passages that make up the creation to Christ study demonstrate fully not only that there is a God, but that he is the creator of man and of all creation. Guys, we're starting to tackle some pretty difficult topics. There is a God and he is your creator. You're like, bro, this is going to get hard. Yeah, we're going to have to tackle some things where they're going to have to look in the mirror And Romans 1 and Romans 2 are gonna become evident in their life. And you just start walking through that door with them. As we study the word of God and and in prayer, you're asking God, open their heart, open their heart, Lord, to your word, so they can see the wondrous things that come from it. And so not only do do they, Acknowledge that there's a God, but they're acknowledging that he is their creator and the creator of all things But then a horrible thing happens in Genesis chapter 3 Do you guys see how I'm telling it as a story? And I want to lead if it's one-on-one or maybe it's with a group uh, maybe it's a couple people that, that you know don't know the Lord. I want to I keep telling the narrative. Man, remember what we talked about last couple weeks? Man, there is a God, He's the Creator. Man, I want to tell you something though something horrible happens. In Genesis chapter 3, man falls away from God in this moment, man loses his innocence before God and inherits a sinful nature. And so ever since Adam's fall, we have all been born sinners. I'm not a sinner because I sin. I sin because I'm a sinner. right? I have a sin nature. Do you guys see how the the Bible is answering these fundamental questions? Sin nature, because what's what's the one rebuttal? I haven't done a lot of bad things. It's not about individual sins committed. It's about the fact that you are a sinner. You were born with a sin nature. It's not about a collection of how many bad things you've done. It's that you're bad. It's that you fall short. You and I, we need to know this. From the beginning of time, God's plan of redemption was found in Christ. Acts fifteen eighteen. known unto God are all his works, from the beginning of the world. He is not crafting his plan as he goes along. He has known it from the very beginning. This is what we're trying to get at with teaching a Bible study in this format. We want to walk a person through significant parts of the Old Testament so they can fully see the relevance of god's redemption story which culminates with christ that was the story from the very beginning it wasn't a hail mary it wasn't some plan b from the very beginning this is how the story was going to end so man how should we start the story like most good stories start in the beginning It's healthy for us to do that. Christ dying on the cross was not a plan B. So my point is, is the way you tell the story of Christ is you start from creation and we can walk through the Old Testament. We don't have to go through every book and exhaustive, but we give a big picture of how Christ has always been the plan of our redemption. Ephesians chapter three, one through three and five and six, it says. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me you, to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, verse 5, which in other ages was not known, was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Verse nine and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which what from the beginning, from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. There is a story and plan of redemption, and God has slowly been telling it to us for millennia, and it began, as many stories do, in the very beginning. So if this is the case, why wouldn't we tell it as well like that? Simply put, Christ dying on the cross Again, was not some Hail Mary. It was a well-orchestrated plan. Warren Wearsby, he said, the sacrificial death of his son was not an accident. It was an appointment. It was an appointment. Let's backtrack a little, if you will. Let me ask you a question. What, you guys going to zip, 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 all right, walk back with me? Why did God make man? You see, OK, so we've already kind of tried to address some of the questions. What are some of the key words that we've already been talking about, which hopefully creation to Christ is going to start answering? Huh Redemption for people who sometimes don't even think they need to be redeemed. right? Wasn't that you? Wasn't that you at one point? Redemption? What else?? Huh? His glory? reconciliation separation Separation, which is due from what our sin right so we've already been discussing these things let's backtrack a little bit let's 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 get even more philosophical why do you even exist Uh oh philosophy 101 right why okay okay here we go Why did God make man? Let's turn back to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What must not be lost is that a decision of this magnitude, what decision was that in Genesis 1-1? Oh, that God created the heaven and the earth. It must not be lost that a decision of that magnitude, that God would decide to make heaven and earth, that he did that with a great deal of significance. It wasn't like God was just like "Mm, earth, heaven, light, sun, moon, fish, (laughs) right? We must know that that when God, verse 1, when verse 1 happened, you got to know, like, this is the best story in the whole world, and when all of a sudden it's like, and God made heaven and earth, it's like, whoa! We read it, we don't even think about it. You guys know what that means. That's insane. What was God thinking about? Well, God gives us his mind, and so we learn it. But like, isn't that incredible? God wants to make a universe? That's a big deal. Don't you go, why? Why? As a Christian, you need to ask why more often. When God says something, not from a skeptical standpoint, but like, why? And so, when God says, I'm going to make heaven and earth, I'm going to go. Why? What, what was that about? We got to know that there's great significance for why God would do something like that. So before we go any further, we must ask this one simple question, and it's why. Was God just arbitrarily create a universe, or was there a reason? Well, couldn't God just do whatever He wants because He's God? The answer to that question is obviously yes. But when one considers the full character of God as manifest in the scriptures, you will see that God doesn't do anything arbitrarily. But in reality, everything God does has a purpose. This is key point number two. Our creation, comes with great purpose and significance we were not created on a whim but rather man was created to bring glory and honor and praise to god now you're like this seems like a separate point it is absolutely not a separate point in regards to the creation to christ study It is so integral to everything that you're about to say. As we've talked about sin and separation and redemption and reconciliation and man's lostness, all of those things are going to tie up and connect to this very point that God made you with a purpose. How many people are looking for purpose in this world this study says you can have it and you are made with it how many of your friends are are taking their own lives i've had too many i'm not i'm not exaggerating i've had too many and it breaks my heart and you want to know why because they don't think they have purpose And yet the very body that you've been given, even in its cursed state, God says, I want to undo that with my purpose, my plan, my order. You, this creation was created with great significance, with great purpose, walk in it, walk according to the design that God gave you. This was not an arbitrary decision on God's part. Let's create some context, Revelation chapter 12, verses three and four. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. You're like, what the crap, Dan? Like, what does that have to do with anything, right? (laughs) In the Gospels, we see Christ speaking with his disciples in Luke 10, 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Isaiah 14, 12 and 15. It retells the story of Satan's fall and his prophetic demise how art thou fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations for thou hast said in thine heart i will ascend into heaven i will exalt my throne above the stars of god right did did you guys see that in revelation 12 the stars of, of heaven the stars of god right that that this dragon took a third of the stars with him and i'm talking about the fall of satan the fall of lucifer You said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation and the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. In these passages, we see that God's rejection of his anointed cherub is clearly a past tense occasion lucifer's sole purpose in heaven again was the the angel was this cherub anointed cherub made with a purpose yes lucifer's sole purpose you guys probably have wagers on whether or not my voice is just going to go there's like a betting line that's going up and down. His sole purpose in heaven—oh, thank—I don't—I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do that right now, but—okay, I appreciate it. Otherwise I'm like, you know, you know so, uh, Thank you so much. It's very sweet. His sole purpose in heaven was to praise God and reflect God's great image throughout heaven. All glory, praise, and honor were to go through Lucifer. He was heaven's great worship leader. You guys know, like, what Lucifer was made of? All of these great and precious stones, Lucifer starts thinking that, that, that he's kind of a big shot when in reality, when the light goes off, you can't see nothing, bro. The only thing that made Lucifer so amazing is that God's glory shone through him. And man, he lit up the heavens. And God made this perfect creation that when his glory went through Lucifer, all of heaven rejoiced. God used Lucifer in that way until pride was found in his heart. And God cast Lucifer down When Lucifer falls, and with him a third of the angels, what happens to heaven? Many of you guys know this. A great chasm of worship was felt. Enter stage right, creation of man. Do you guys see this? Now, I'm not saying that creation of Christ has to go to this level. In fact, probably if you go to the weeds of this depth, You may lose some people okay i'm trying to give you context as to how you can lead this conversation there is a purpose to your significance there's a reason for why you were made and the reason wasn't just god had a whim the reason is that there was a an anointed cherub that was tasked with the 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 job of bringing praise to God in heaven he falls there's a chasm of worship that's felt in heaven and God says listen okay well let's start over to effectively give the full nature of the gospel it is incredibly important to begin with creation otherwise the character of God the purpose of God the fall of man and the hope of man's redemption don't make sense. You and I were created to replace fallen worship. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. And So we need to share this story from the beginning. Otherwise, it's like opening a book at the middle and hoping to make sense of it all. It's like walking into a movie midway through and trying to put the pieces all together. So then the goal of looking through these passages is to be able to walk someone from God's creation all the way to their need for Christ, the Redeemer. And guys, listen, you probably want to learn how to do this in five minutes. Yeah, and that's not going to be this list. Hey, what floor? 85. Okay. We got long. A long flight. We've got five minutes. Maybe, maybe you can give the, the creation to Christ story to someone in five minutes. Again, not the exact way this is unfolding, but can you think that way? How about can you consider it in an hour? What about one month? What about six months? This is a process that leads people to becoming followers. And disciples of Christ this is the goal is that they understand fully their redemption so that they're not just believers but so that they can become followers of Jesus you see the study is not about getting someone in heaven this study is to reveal to people that God wants to be reconciled to man in fact he desired it since the foundation of his creation so let's close with this so many people want to know why they exist so many people in fact in their lives because they believe the lie that they have no purpose and that life doesn't matter I want to tell you that your life does matter you absolutely matter to God if you if you want to know why you exist I will tell you right now you and I were created for two main purposes to replenish and expand God's kingdom and to replenish and expand the worship that was lost when Satan fell you were made to glorify God and so what are we talking about lostness sin separation redemption reconciliation but what are we also talking about a kingdom right a king we're talking about an adversary We're talking about purpose. We're talking about a mission. Guys, creation to Christ has all of that, and they're not even saved yet. Can you imagine what happens if they all of a sudden say, hey, bro, I'm in. I'm in. You're not now having to walk them through all of these things. They understand sin nature, right? They understand redemption, reconciliation. They even understand the kingdom and a king. Maybe they understand the adversary, the spiritual world and the flesh and, 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 all, and, and the battle between the two. Why? Because you just walked through the Bible with them. And so by the time they're wanting to get saved, man, it's like, wow, what's the point of me being saved? Because Jesus loves me. Okay, yeah, great. Because God wants me to be a part of his kingdom, his family. And his kingdom was, was ravaged by sin. God wants to fill his kingdom back up with worshipers. How cool is that? Now, before even considering the creation to Christ passages, what would you consider to be the landmark steps for a person to become a believer I have those I believe on the next slide thank you Tad if you want to be able to walk through this very quickly I don't know if I have that on your notes is it on your notes those those points guys this is actually a great witnessing tool maybe you don't have a ton of time maybe this is the five minute walkthrough number one that there is a God Two, that he created us and this universe. Number three, unfortunately, there was a fall. Man fell. Man chose to disobey God. And we are now separated from God's love. Following man's fall, God gave man a law. It was his perfect, it was a reflection of his perfect character. But we couldn't do the law we we failed to do his perfect law and so in failing to do his law we see that that we're unable man has an an inability to live up to god's perfect character what what does man's law show us as a schoolmaster what does it show us you fall short right now see, I could just tell someone that you fall short and it sounds like an insult without context. But if all of a sudden I say, listen, God gave us his law. Wasn't that so nice of God? You no, know, we, we look at the Old Testament sometimes and we're like, oh, God was just mad at us to give us the law knowing that we could never do it. No, God gave us his law because he was so generous and gracious. He's like, this is how I want you to live. If you do this, it'll be so great. And man says, Israel, through Israel, that steward, Okay, let's do it, and he can't do it. But I wanna tell you what God was doing in that. He he was presenting his perfect character, and he was saying, this is life. If you follow me, if you obey me, it's, it's, it's life to you, it's light. But all it did was show us that man is incapable of following God in our flesh. We're incapable of following him. But you know what that does contextually? What it tells people is that we've fallen short, and now people can hear it. Not from an angry God, which everyone wants to say about the Old Testament. No, from a generous God who gave away, but yet we couldn't do it. And all that shows us is that, yeah, we fell short, didn't we? After that failure of the law, man, Christ shows up. And and Christ was not just, he's the answer, no contextually who is Christ okay the Son of God but contextually with what I just said even the fulfiller of the law Do you guys get where I'm going this is a story and, and it's and it's continuing and and we're continuing to tell the story you fell short of the law God then brought his son to then fulfill the law with his life but not only did he fulfill the law in his life This is why point six and seven are two separate points. Guys, Christ dying on the cross wouldn't have mattered if his life wasn't perfect. Christ lived a perfect life, fulfilling the law that we couldn't. And then because man once again rejects him, he goes to the cross, he dies in your place. There was no other way for man to be redeemed. And then not only does he die and pay for your price, your sin debt he rises again he resurrects christ because he never sinned by the power of god he rose again defeating death and so lastly i'd like to say this and if you believe god is specifically calling you to be a missionary then know this know this in your communities because god has called us all to be missionaries amen but if you know god is calling you to be a missionary in this hometown on your street in your home or across the world know this people do not know the gospel you got to know that they don't know the gospel they don't know who jesus is even if they use his name in vain or whatever they don't know him they don't know john three sixteen. So when you begin telling them a story of a person they've never heard of before, don't be surprised that when you say, he can live in your heart, right? Jesus wants to live in your heart, and that he wants to be your husband, and that he'll be all these things if you accept him to save you from your sin. Know that there may be some questions, right? He wants to live in your heart and you can live in him. And he wants to be your husband and you're his bride. And we, and we talk all these things and, and people are going, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're kind of weirding me out, man. There's gonna be some questions. So how do we alleviate some of those questions? Oh, and by the way, if you don't accept and you'll go to a fiery hell so there's that as well right you know so we, we do these things that sometimes are so uh just Christian ease you know and we haven't really considered how it might sound to a person that's never heard these words Let's, let me let me keep going right if you just randomly point to different passages in a book that they've never that they've never heard of which is the Bible but you treat it like it's commonplace. And then you just go into it. Turn with me here, turn with me here, go here, go here. Go here. I'm telling you, just like I told you the other day, I had, I had a student of mine who said, I know what you're doing. You know what they thought? I was just creating my own little argument. All my cross-reference, we know it as comparing scripture with scripture. But they have no idea, right? She thought I was trying to, to trick her. So this is how the Bible sounds to a lost person without context. For a non-Christian nation, for a post-Christian nation or for a nation that's drifting that way, this is what the gospel sounds like without the context of the word of God. The Creation to Christ series helps to put things in a proper context. And so concluding and I'll have Chris come forward. I think there's a Oh, you have a mic. Never mind. There's different strategies. There's one-on-one Bible studies. There's small group Bible studies. There's even Sunday morning services. I did that at Living Faith. I see this as a great resource for church planting. I mean that sincerely. Uh, if you're interested in church planting, I think this is a great resource as a sermon series, as a one-on-one, as small groups, all together, and in, in always. Um. And so anyway I want to give Chris an opportunity I'm sorry I went long Uh, Chris has done creation of Christ and and Chris keep it keep it short too people are wanting to probably uh, go to lunch as well but but thank you so much for for your time and and dealing with 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 me and my voice Um, I'll be here afterwards if I can still talk and uh, but I love you Chris is gonna close us out with a testimony and uh, just of how God has used this process in his life and uh, then if you can, just pray for us as we go our separate ways.
1: Are we supposed to be out here at 12? We are. But cool. <laughs> five minutes. Just,
0: just five minutes, okay. if you can.
1: Um, I'm Chris. I go to Living Lee Summit. Um, I'm a creation of Christ enthusiast. It's my strawberry jam. I love it. And it's because I've seen God do really cool things with it. Um, what is most exciting for me is about this is that I grew up in a Catholic background where the Bible is out of your hands right you have to rely on a middleman to have a relationship with God you have to rely on someone to tell you what God is saying and I've seen this study be used to put the Bible back in the hands of the common man so where people coming lost or baby Christian can feel confident enough to, to have a personal relationship with God, to, to have a handle on the book, to, to ask uh, questions, processing the implications of, of what we're covering as a group, it's, it's really exciting. And so I got saved in 2018, and by 2019 I'd went to school at Colorado School of Mines, and I started a campus Bible study, and I I love evangelizing, and so the Bible study, there's a ton of people coming to it, but no one came a second time, because we were going through a passage, and to be honest, it was just the Chris show, like they would come and I would just give a TED talk about the passage we were in, because I I just, I didn't know, to be honest. And at halfway through the school year semester, I I came back uh, to Kansas City. And I, I received this, this content and got equipped with the tools for Discovery Bible Method and Creation of Christ. And within three months, there were 20 people consistently coming to the Bible study. There were people signing up for discipleship. There were salvations. Uh, I, I had the blessing of, of meeting Rob Sanders and the Sanders family out in Colorado. And, and I got to, to labor with them. And uh covet happened i had to get sent home but the people that were going to that bible study that started discipleship they got saved that's remaining fruit they they stayed at colorado one of the guys that i got to lead to the lord is being discipled by rob even now it's really exciting um i i came back to lee summit and uh i i led the bible study again and it was there are a lot of uh people who grew up Catholic coming to the Bible study and got to see what the Bible actually said. they never opened the book before and they got to meet God personally and and there were salvations. And uh, one of the gals I went to high school with signed up for discipleship and is getting discipled by my wife and, and she is a completely different person because she got to see this facilitated study to answer all the questions that she was skeptical about because of what the Catholic Church had taught her. Um, most recently, I'm leading the Bible study with a lot of the of my coworkers, and uh, it's it's a OTM our college ministry Bible study, and there's a huge group of people who they don't know anything about the Bible, they have a lot of misconceptions, and as we as we work through this content, that's very it's very deductive reasoning in nature. I mean, it's, as, as Dan was saying, pretty much any question you have is naturally answered just as you progress through the passages. Um, it, it's sweet because originally I thought that leading a Bible study was about knowing all the right stuff and, and doing, doing all the things and being a good orator, being personable, being a good facilitator. But what Discovery Bible Method and Creation of Christ accomplishes is it takes me out of impeding what God wants to do, right? I'm not getting in the way of the power that the Word is. I'm simply handing it to people and allowing them to meet with God themselves. And so it's, it's really special. God has, has blessed me through this study. Uh, and so... I, I highly recommend it not only for for uh, group Bible study but it's so sweet meeting up one-on-one like if you're gonna meet up at a coffee shop maybe just curate uh, something to to this degree of this list and if it's a one-time meetup you can you can go through it pretty briefly if it you can curate what you want I, I've made uh, multiple copies and the sweet thing about it is that you can be cognizant of the needs of the person you're meeting with, right And so you you can accomplish different things by curating the study yourself. and so it's really sweet. Um, I think that's everything so um, I'll pray us out. Um, Lord, thank you for today. God thank you for. The privilege it is, and the time that you set aside for us to gather, God, I thank you for the men who spent time with you, God, and and prepared to share with us what you've shown them over the years and in their studying. God, I I just desperately ask that everything we've learned through the conference and during these morning sessions, God, that you would give us the the courage and confidence and the boldness to act upon it, God, to apply it in our daily lives, God, you would show us our desperation upon you, Lord, and and give us understanding that if you don't do it in our lives, God, we, we can't do it. God, help us to, to depend upon you, to rely on you. Lord, I, I pray that you'd bless the food uh, that we that we have for lunch and that uh, it would go to, to nourish us, Lord, and I I just desperately ask that through Living Faith Fellowship, you would make us to be uh, a group of uh, believers that just desperately want to give you the the glory and honor that's due your name. Lord, we love you so much, and it's in your son's holy and precious name we pray these things. Amen.
0: We hope this message was a blessing to you. If you're interested in learning more about the Living Faith Fellowship, visit LFFellowship.com. God bless.